You're listening to Texas Standard. I'm David Brown. Food trucks, they used to be something that Austin seemed to want to call all its own. No more, that's for sure. It's not just the big cities either. I'm looking at you, Alpine, Texas. Small cities are big on food trucks, too. You can get your designer pizza, your falafels, of course. But it seems like breakfast tacos are perhaps the biggest draw of all. But let's step back for a moment. What if you flip that premise around and instead of, say, getting your tacos in Texas, you were getting your Texas barbecue in Mexico? Dan DeFossi calls himself a Chilango gringo, an American in Mexico City who got so inspired with the food truck culture in Texas, he took that concept all the way to Mexico City. He is the CEO of Chilango Gringo and founder of, uh, what are we going to say here, Dan? How, how do you, uh, maybe you give us the full name and we'll decide whether or not we need to bleep it out. <laughs> uh, we're called Pinche Gringo Barbecue. That's our name. All right. Now, and, tell, uh, me, tell me a little bit about the history of, of that, uh, the first word in your name uh, there, because it does have a sort of culinary background. Yeah, sure. The Pinche is a, in uh, the Spanish dictionary, is the assistant to the chef. And in the history of the Pinche is that he would make mistakes in the kitchen or steal something or whatever. And so the word Pinche became part of the Mexican vernacular. Um, when you're mad about something or when whatever, you would say, ah, Pinche traffic. Or, mm. or And I so see. we took the word um, and we used it because, you know, sometimes uh, Americans can have some arrogance. Uh, towards Mexico. So people come in, they laugh about the name, they have a big smile, and then they open up their hearts uh, to a new type of uh, food that didn't exist in Mexico. Sort of poking a, poking a little fun at, at, your, at yourself for your own sake, I suppose. Yeah, and we should, right? And we should do that sometimes. It gives us good humility when we make fun of ourselves. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think about the fact that Mexicans are very proud of their barbacoa, for example. Mm. Uh, anyone had any objections to your Texas-style barbecue? Not at all. It's been really surprising. I, of course, I was uh, nervous about that when we started. But, uh, you know, it's great meat. And so if people like good meat, and they'll come back for more. How do, you think, how do you think your brisket compares with Texas brisket cooked here now? <laughs> well, I want to be humble in saying that, you know, the, the guys at Franklin, the guys at La Barbecue and uh, at Mueller's, like, we really respect their craft. Yeah. And they do things really right. But, you know, the pit masters in those places are Mexican. And when we came the first time to learn about barbecue, they were so excited that we were doing this in Mexico City that they let us in and they showed us what they were doing. So we take what we have from our learnings from Texas barbecue. So, you know, a lot of uh, Texans come to our restaurant and they tell us that we're making the grade. But Excellent. we have a lot more work to do to make it better. Oh, well. Um uh, you have a rather distinctive crew. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, the folks who are working for you. Uh, we have an amazing group of individuals. We have people that are really committed to presenting American culture, not from what we get from TV and movies, but what they can experience a beautiful part of our culture, which is barbecue. And barbecue is very similar to um, mole, uh, what Mexicans make because the mole is rich in tradition. It's regional. Your grandmother wakes up at four o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and makes the mole with love. And I think barbecue is really similar to that. So but, when they identify something similar to what we do in the United States, that's barbecue diplomacy. That's people coming together and learning about the similarities in our cultures instead of being reminded of the differences all the time. One of the reasons that some of your crew might have a firsthand knowledge of, of how things are here in the States, I gather that a rather large number of your teammates are people who were deported from the United States. Is that right? 
Yeah, that's true. And, you know, it wasn't something that we decided to do or a strategy for us. When we started hiring a lot of these guys, we started finding out their stories. One gentleman was living in L.A. for 28 years Mm -hmm. and he had a wife, he had two children that were born in the United States. He was a, you know, a good citizen, respected the laws, except one day he went through a red light. Uh, The police pulled him over and a couple weeks later he ended up in Mexico City in a place he hadn't been to in 28 years, I, I, I started crying in the, in the interview because they could be just like you or me coming to Mexico for the first time uh, because it's a strange world for them. And when I had, after that interview, I said, okay, I want to hire as many deportees as I can. So now we have eight people working with very similar stories. Dan DeFossi is the CEO of Grupo Chilango Gringo. We're going to have a link to this story over at texasstandard.org so you can read more about it. Dan, thanks so much for speaking with us on the Texas Standard. Thanks so much. And anybody coming down to Mexico City, please come visit us at Pinchy Gringo, and we'll be happy to serve you. And you are listening to the Texas Standard.